This is News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Well, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. Well, we've all had to get pretty inventive over the last couple of months. And we've had to adapt to so many new things, like grocery shopping has become an entirely new experience with masks and one-way aisles. People have been learning to cook and sew and bake bread. And of course, for many of us lucky enough to be working, we've had to get used to working from home. There was an article in Forbes on March 30th online which refers to what's been happening as a large-scale experiment. The article said that after this experiment with remote work, it may become the new normal. They suggest that the mandatory daily employee attendance in the office is already obsolete and that there are no studies that suggest that working in an office maximizes productivity or satisfaction or even performance, according to the article. Combining this with the high cost of a workspace, a typical company in the U.S. spends about $12,000 per year per employee for office space. And it's just hard to imagine that there's a strong argument for going back to that in all cases. Now, of course, in jobs where you need to serve the public directly, there will be a need for some office accessibility. But it's just hard to imagine that it won't change and that we won't see a shift towards more time working remotely. For some of us, it comes naturally. But for many people, it's a big change and a big effort. And not only that, but right now it's combined with a lot of stress and anxiety and fear, along with homeschooling and possibly a level of family togetherness you weren't really prepared for. On today's show, our very own Kenora Dagan sits down with Maureen Life to have a conversation about working from home. They talk about how she made the transition a few years ago from her office job, They share some ideas for how to make working from home really work. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm, I'm Kenora. Um, we're here to talk about working from home. I know in this environment um, where there's obviously been a big shift and this work from home looks different for for everybody. Um, and so now we're today we're going to talk to Maureen a little bit more about kind of her experience work from home and maybe get some tips and tricks how to be the most um, productive uh, during this time. So hi, Maureen. Hi, <laughs> um, so how, how, first of all, um, so how how has working from home been for you for you, in your experience? Well, working I've I've been working from home for about three or four years, um, and I would definitely say now with COVID and having a whole family that's working from home, it's been a little bit different. We've had to make some shifts in our house, um, as I know you know a lot of households around the country have, but. Um, You know, in general, we try to keep a real positive attitude and everybody's got a workspace and a device. And um, I'm I'm grateful at this point that my kids are a little older and pretty self-sufficient. So I don't really have any complaints. Um, I feel pretty fortunate about that. 
So how did you get good at working from home? Well, it's a work in progress, like everything. Um, but I started my career in a, in a real formal, you know, professional environment um, at the district attorney's office and then at the Colorado Judicial Branch, um, you know, including, you know, formal business attire, a commute downtown, um, lots of in-person meetings and coffees and lunch dates. Um, and, and actually working from home kind of sounded like a dream to me without the commute and paying for parking and worrying about, um, you know, outfits to wear. Um, but when I, when I transitioned to working from home, when I started Grace Peak about four or five years ago, um, it was a, it was a struggle. And I realized I wasn't being very efficient. Um, I lacked a little motivation. I was easily distracted and I actually felt a little depressed at certain points and kind of had to figure out either I made some, you know, make some changes in my environment or go back to some kind of office setting um, because it wasn't really working. And so that's kind of how I got better at it was I started doing some research and figuring out how to work from home. And so some of what we'll talk about today, you know, are just tips that I've kind of gathered on my, in my own research um, and then, you know, kind of coach some friends through that transition as well. But it's definitely a work in progress and, you know, things change and we have to make some tweaks here and there. But that's kind of how I found my groove. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I feel like saving that extra hour on the commute um, has definitely been interesting. So um, wh- what does your workspace kind of look like? I mean, how do you how do you set up? What are some of the logistical or, you know, more mechanical elements that are, are important to your work from home space? Yeah. So it's funny when you work from home, you kind of feel like, well, I can work, you know, like you said, from the kitchen counter, I can work everywhere. And, and I do try to change my work. You know, I, I find that in the morning I'm more efficient if I come down to my actual work office space and I do kind of you know, move around the house later in the afternoon just for a change of pace. But I do find and and studies show that having a clean, organized workstation does make you more efficient. So, um, you know, making sure that your workspace is kind of as much as possible. And that's changing now with having, you know, whole households, you know, households full of people. But as, as much as you can, trying to find a space kind of out of the way, as free from distractions as you can, making sure that the lighting is really, is really good and important. Um, and then it's interesting. And I just read an article about this not too long ago, but working from home is cause, um, especially in this COVID environment, when people are kind of slouched over sitting on the couch or working on their bed, kind of causing some posture and back issues. So I've been kind of more cognizant in the last couple of weeks to make sure that, um, I'm doing some stretching and kind of standing and, and making sure I'm sitting, you know, sitting in a, in a good position and my, my um, keyboard is at a good height to not, you know, create wrist issues. So just taking, I think it's just taking the time to kind of be aware of your surroundings and kind of making sure that um, it's not an afterthought. So I guess sitting in the, on the kitchen counter with millions of people running around you probably isn't the best spot to be doing this. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it's survival. So there are days where, um, you know, I've got two kids that are doing a project and I am at the kitchen counter. But I also know myself and I know my personality. And if I were in the kitchen, I'm going to be listening to everybody else's conversations and I, I'll have an opinion about everything. So for me, uh, it's important for me if I, if I really want to be efficient 
um, that I'm going to need to take my myself out of the the pathway of the you know the household and kind of you know separate myself so I'm a little bit free from that distraction as much as possible. Yeah, totally, definitely. And so, how do you free yourself from these other distractions? Like, I don't know, I need to go take out the trash or or clean my room or all of these other kind of household <laughs> chores that are on the back of our heads and our back of our minds every day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a struggle for me because I am kind of, you know, a to-do person. And I find that if I have something to do at work that I'm not really that excited about, I think about that stuff more. Like I'm excited to go to the grocery store and I'm excited to take the trash out. Um, so for me, I kind of have to set a, a schedule um, and kind of set my to-do list for the day so that I know that I'm not going to be able to do all of those other things that are kind of nagging at me until I get, you know, A, B, and C done. And honestly, especially during this, this COVID time, sometimes it's just one thing. I just really need to get this report draft over to, you know, a client or I need to set up a couple of calls. Uh, I'm, I'm a lot more realistic with myself about what the capacity that I have right now. And sometimes it's, you know, I'm going to work from eight to 12 and then I'm going to take a couple hour break and check on the kids and help people with homework. And then I'm going to, you know, sit back down and get another couple of hours. So it's, you know, kind of finding what that balance is for, for folks and for yourself is really important, especially now. Yeah. And I was going to ask, do you find that line kind of blurred between um, when you can, when you should start your day, when you should end your day, do you find yourself working too much? How how do you make sure that you end your day when it needs to to be done and um, you're not overworking? Yeah, it's, that's really key. And I think that I, you know, just talking with some of my colleagues, I think that it's really easy to kind of blur those lines to the point that you do feel like, you don't have that separation from work. And so for me um, and my family, I feel like, you know, we're all pretty cognizant to, to take a break between four and five and kind of reconnect, figure out what's for dinner and, and visit and kind of just have that family time. But I do find that I'm kind of more prone to log back in after all of that and kind of start working again. And so um, I, I try and I think, you know, when you don't have that separation of a true office that you're commuting to and your office is in your home, you you are more inclined to kind of either overdo it um, or work more than you, you should. Um, so I think kind of just being aware of your schedule and, and being mindful about how much time you're putting in um, will really help. Just just being mindful is half the battle, I think. Definitely. And, and how do you, how do you deal with that human interaction that you're missing um, when you're in the office? I mean, how do you kind of um, connect with your coworkers and still feel that community um, virtually? Yeah. And, and when I, I did a presentation for um, CSDA in California a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about kind of the mechanics of working from home are important. So having the clean office space and all that, but just as important are, are thinking about the psychological aspects of working from home. So for me, and, and, you know, and when I talked about my story about not being very good at working from home, a big piece of that was that I missed being around people and I missed, um, I miss that human connection. I'm and I in Myers Briggs, I'm about as extrovert as you can get. So understanding my personality style, I you know before COVID, I would schedule uh, coffee dates and lunch dates and make sure that I was checking. You know we had check-ins on our team calls, so that I was getting that human interaction. 
you know, it's with COVID, it's made a little bit more difficult to have those in-person meetings, but making sure that we're checking in as a, as a company and we're checking in with our clients more often, um, like the rest of the world, we're more, um, inclined to use our videos now. So it's fun to see everybody's faces and, and we're trying to be a little bit, um, more mindful to take a few minutes of the meeting and just connect on a personal level. Uh, so checking in with everybody on how they're doing with, you know, sheltering in place and, you know, what are their tips and tricks and um, how's everybody feeling emotionally. And um, not that it's a therapy session, some of it's just venting or, or something, but, but making time for those connections, um, both in personal and for um, business are really, really important in a normal environment, but, you know, especially with um, the environment we're in now. Yeah, definitely. And have you, have you found it a little bit trickier to coordinate with your team now? No, you know, I feel like we're all a lot more accessible. Um, our team used to travel quite a bit for client meetings and um, conferences and that sort of thing. So um, for us, we haven't had, we've probably been more accessible to check in and meet. Um, but but yeah, that's something that um, you have to be aware of. And also just kind of providing each other a little bit of grace and empathy. And, um, you know, some of the, the folks on our team have kids and some don't. And so just, you know, being mindful of the situation that everybody's in and kind of what their personal constraints are um, is really important. Yeah. Uh, so you brought up travel and I was about to ask about that because I know uh, you guys are, are pretty travel heavy. Um, so what does that kind of shift look like now that obviously um, – flights aren't going out the same way. We're, we're still to stay home and not go out and not travel. So what does that kind of look like for you guys? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I feel like when we were in the, you know, the thick of, of travel and planning travel, um, actually what I've learned in the last couple of weeks is canceling travel is actually more difficult than just going on the trip. <laughs> on the trip. But um, I don't know. It's been interesting. I really miss kind of getting out and, you know, miss our trips to go see our clients and do our business development trips. And I especially miss our conference. Um, coming up in May was supposed to be the Erixa conference in Savannah. And it's always fun to connect with all of our, um, you know, professional friends. And um, so I, I can't, you know, when it, when I was in the thick of it, travel felt sometimes overwhelming and a bit hard, but and this, you know, the spot I'm in now, I feel like, gosh, I could really use a trip. I could really use a trip out of out of Colorado just to see the world. But um, yeah, my kids like having dinner every night, though. Oh yeah, I'm already planning my next trip in my head. I'm I'm thinking, I don't know, do I want to do Thailand? Do I want to do Greece? I don't know. I don't even know when that's going to be able, but I'm planning it in my head. Um, exactly. And I'm longingly Google searching images of different countries to make me. Feel me like I'm too. There. We have that in common, Nora. <laughs> um. So I know for me at least, my top half is all done up. Um. I have a, maybe a blazer on. I have my makeup done, but the bottom half is definitely Uggs and um. <laughs> And sweatpants. So do you think working home from is better in your PJs? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> okay, look, let's be real. Some days working from home really is better in your PJs. But it's funny, I was coaching a friend who had transitioned to working from home and had called and said this, you know, this, I thought it was going to be so great. And I just, I, I feel like a slug. I'm kind of just moping around. And so the first thing we talked about was, um, you know, try every morning to kind of have a routine and that routine kind of transitions you psychologically from, 
you know, home to the office. Cause normally we would have this commute where we're kind of gearing up for work and we're, we're thinking about work. And then we have the commute home where we're kind of decompressing and we're kind of putting that, you know, work day, you know, away mentally. And so now we're getting ready for our home life. And when you work from home, it's also blurred that, but getting ready in the morning and actually, you know, taking a shower and at least having, like you said, business on the top, um, <laughs> can actually have a real good psychological impact. And there's there are studies that show that wearing a nice outfit um, may respondents feel more authorita- authoritative, trustworthy, and confident. So there is science kind of saying that, you know, it, not to say that you have to get up and wear a full suit and pantyhose every day, God forbid anyone would want to wear pantyhose, but, you know, there is something to say about like putting on something that you wouldn't, you know, something besides your yoga pants or your PJs. Um, it, it was funny. My friend said that was struggling with this, that had made a real big impact for her. And she said, before I felt like I was on a sick day, you know how, when you're on a sick day, of course, you're staying in PJs and kind of lounge around. And she said, so when I started getting ready for work, like I was going to work it it kind of had that a different feeling. Like I wasn't just laying on the couch cause I had a sick day. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it also gives me that time to kind of wake up, you know, even if I just brush my hair or whatever. Um, cause yeah. at, at first I found myself waking up with five minutes before my first meeting and just chugging a cup of coffee. Um, but I, I feel like even getting ready kind of gives you that time to wake up. So, um, yeah, exactly. Definitely. So how has it been working with three kids at home? <laughs> Well, I like I said, I, we don't really have any complaints. And, and it's funny because there was an article in the Harvard Business Review called What We're Feeling is Grief. And I, I, I recommend it. It's in, It was a really interesting article and it made me feel better about my frame of mind because my frame of mind was that I kept trying to just put a positive spin on everything. We have the right, we have Wi-Fi, we have devices. We're so grateful. Everyone has enough space to work and um, but yeah, I, we kind of all felt a bit gloomy. And so just, you know, there's a lot going on in the world and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of anxiety and, you know, so whether or not, um, you know, we have like a mechanical problem with working from home and, you know, with, with kids for us, it's just been more kind of a psychological component of the kids are really struggling they miss their friends. They miss, um, we have two juniors in high school. They miss, of course, they miss their friends um, and they miss being anywhere but here, you know, mm-hmm. um, and being oh, outside yeah. and doing all those things. And so just kind of understanding that everybody's under stress, not just, you know, the parents and, and all of that. Um, I do have friends that have small kids and we've kind of been talk, coaching through, like, how do we manage that? And I think it, it's important you know, again, to have empathy for those that you're managing and those that you're leading to understand kind of what their dynamics are at home. Um, Our next door neighbors have a third grader and a kindergartner, and they said the whole morning is just homeschool. So one parent takes each kid and they spend the whole morning and then they work all afternoon. And basically they said if they have to give the kids a device or the kids go out and play ball. But um, so you know, their managers have to understand that the, you know, kindergartner can't technically homeschool, you know, himself, he needs help. So, you know, providing each other that empathy and that understanding, and then, you know, the best you can trying to create a family schedule. Um, And I saw a hilarious meme that every um, parent can probably equate, you know, relate to it said, mom's in a meeting, the answers to your, your questions are probably below. And then underneath it said, 
I don't know what's for dinner. Have a piece of fruit uh, <laughs> under your bed. You know, all the, I don't know um, where your your iPhone is. Anyway, it was pretty funny, but I think, you know, having a, a little bit of a sense of humor and um, checking in with, with your teammates is really important. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. How, how do you decompress after a day? Because, you know, some people have that commute home to kind of listen to music or listen to a podcast, wink, wink. But um, <laughs> but, but now that people don't have that commute, how, how do you find yourself kind of decompressing and, and dealing with that stress? Yeah, it's funny. I um, used to hate my commute, and but I realized that when I started working from home, I actually kind of missed that alone time because right now I'm never, you know, all of us, if we're staying with people aren't alone. So you kind of don't have that chance to kind of just decompress and think about things and process things. I have to go straight from this call upstairs, you know, figure out what dinner is. So, um, so in our family, I, you know, I've been trying to at least take a walk. We have um, some trails out back, very fortunate to have that. And, and so I, you know, I wasn't using them for a while and I thought they're right here. It costs you nothing. Like just put your tennis shoes on and go for, you know, a, a walk around the block. And that turned into a mile loop. And now my daughter and I, one of my daughters, um, we're the non-runners in the family. So we do the mile and a half walk while everybody else goes and runs. But just doing that has really improved my um my mindset when I go into the evening, I'm a lot more calm. And then I've actually found that I can decompress on that walk. And when I come home, I'm really excited about making dinner and having family time. And um, so, so just doing something that's kind of symbolic to you, and it doesn't necessarily look the same to everyone, but um, I have a friend who takes a hot shower after work and does a little yoga. I mean, that's aggressive if you have kids, but um, you know, kind of figuring out that balance for, for yourself is really important. Yeah. Uh, what would you say gets on your nerves the most about working from home? <laughs> well, I did tell you I'm an extrovert and I, I love a good happy hour. I love a good coffee date. I think that's what I've kind of been missing most is that connection with, with just people. And I'm a hugger. So I've, I realized but I, I just miss like hugging my friends and having coffee and, um, you know, just just little things. It's not it's not anything big. I will say that we adopted two um, baby ducks over um, the Easter holiday or Easter weekend, um, which were so cute and great. But I find that now like we're not pet people. And so now I'm like, well, this is just, why do we do that? It's an extra layer of responsibility, (laughs) more mouths to feed and more anyway. um, But it's been also kind of therapeutic to have something else to kind of occupy our time and think about. And uh, so, yeah, it's been fun. That sounds so fun. I don't even know how you would raise a duck, but that sounds amazing. Um, We're figuring it out one one day at a time. They're huge. Do they have a little pond or or how do they, they have a baby pool and the bathtub? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that is awesome. So with with you know your kids and now two ducks. Um, do you have some? I know we talked about setting us doing a separate space. Um, but but how else do you keep up your productivity? Um, and do you have any other like tips on on focus or, um, yeah, just so, keep staying productive. Yeah. 
Well, so focus for me is really about intention and it's really about being mindful. So it's kind of, again, setting kind of my intentions for the day. Um, My little secret weapon, um, which isn't secret anymore because it's, I've, talked about it so so many times now, but is the Focus at Will playlist. So Focus at Will is actually an app that you can pay, I think, like six bucks a month for or something. Right now they're offering, I think, a 30-day free trial. Um, but then you can also find Focus at Will on YouTube and on um, Spotify. But it's it, it's music designed by neuroscientists. Um, and it's it doesn't work for everyone, but it's one of those tips or, you know, one of those things, tools to just try. For me, I'm in the basement and I can hear people walking around. And I don't know if other moms are like this or dads, but when I hear the kids, even if they're upstairs laughing, it sounds like fighting to me. And I go on like this, this other zone of like, I've got to go up and like, you know, ump, ump those guys, um, be the umpire. But <laughs> like if I'm listening to a like a ambient music, I, it cuts the, all of that out. So that for me is just kind of been my little secret weapon. Um, I know a lot of people that are working um, in tight quarters um, and, you know, are not able to kind of block out and, and separate themselves from the distraction. So that might be a good, good tip is to, you know, try headphones and try that playlist. Um, it's music without words. So you don't find yourself singing along, which would be a downfall if I tried different kinds of music, but um, yeah, focus is really hard, but I think also kind of setting that routine and setting that schedule will really help with that. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm certainly going to get a mindfulness playlist now. I think that sounds awesome. I'm the same. If I hear words, if I hear music, I need to sing along and I probably need to dance along too. So that's even worse yep. when I talk to me. So I'm definitely going to get a mindfulness playlist and I will continue to brush my hair before work. At, um, so thank you so much for all this insight. This is, this is awesome. I feel like I'm going to be so much more productive and focused um, working from home now. So thank you, Maureen. Well- yeah, well, my last my my last thing that I was just thinking, I'm so grateful to work with you and work with Joe and and David and Robert and the whole team. And so my last thing that I was thinking of about being grateful was um, that I and I talked about this in a presentation in, in, to California was um, that my I've suggested to folks, and I, it sounds cheesy at first, but we all know the gratitude journal, but especially right now going through COVID and um, you know, having a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress in our lives and, and, you know, taking care of people. And um, so ending each day with a gratitude journal and actually physically writing down um, five things that you're grateful for every day really can have a, a good psychological impact. And again, you know, in my research, there's science that shows that it does improve psychological health health. Um, it's a, it's a really good tool to, before you go to bed, it helps people sleep better and it increases mental strength. So even though it may feel a little cheesy at first, um, it's funny after the first few days, cause the first few days are kind of things that they're the big things, the, the family, the pets, the, you know, but then as the days go on, you realize you're actually grateful for a lot more than you realized and that it is the small things that we do need to be grateful for. So anyway, that's my last, my, my last little tip. Yeah. Well, it, it's always the little things that right? you have to be grateful for right now. And so after this, I'm going to write five things I'm grateful for. And I'm definitely <laughs> going to put, put Grace Peak and my team on that list. Well, awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kenora.
Well, thanks again to Kenora and to Maureen for being on the show today. This has been our fourth episode, and we have a lot more to come, so please hit subscribe wherever you are listening today. We'd love to hear from you and get your ideas and your feedback. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us on the contact link on our website. News from the Peak is a project of Grace Peak Strategies and is produced by Maureen Life, David Ram, Robert Riddle, and me. You can find the podcast and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. You can learn more about us at gracepeakstrategies.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Gray's Peak, and we're easy to find on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. This was News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.